What's up, my Thursday thoughts of a tea family? This is your tea time bestie here, Angie H. And I want to get into a serious topic today. I want to talk about trauma, um, how a lot of us don't deal with trauma, how a lot of us don't feel safe to share trauma. Um, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I was binge watching the Miss Pat show. I've never seen it. I know it's been out for a while, but one of the episodes that was um, that I came across was very triggering to me. I mean, it was an episode about molestation, being someone that dealt with that, being someone that has been around that in my family and seeing how people move when it comes to that. They don't really want to talk about it. It's kind of that what goes on in this family stays in this family type thing. But why? Why are we putting people through this? Let's get into it on this week's episode of Thursday Thoughts of a Tea. Hey family, welcome back. So again, let's get into this serious topic. Um, it's serious and it's needed. I um, mean, the reason why I say that is because so often I see um, represented in families, um, in TV shows, even on social media um, when it comes to trauma. Um, we in the black community, um, and I don't know if it's in other communities because I am not a part of that um, community per se. Um, but I know in black culture, black family, it seems that we deal with the same traumas. Um, and it seems like the response to that trauma is always let it go, sweep it under the rug. Um, and then you have children um, that grow into adults that have all this trauma unresolved um, because you don't want to make the family look bad. Um, because you were taught what goes on here stays here or you just didn't trust that people would treat your concerns and your trauma um, with softness compassion and understanding or even try to get you any type of help um, I don't know if we were taught that therapy is not um, what we do because in therapy, there's a way for you to share everything that is plaguing you. Um, that is a safe space for you to tell, per se, what's going on in the house that they say should nobody know what's going on. I mean, one of those things that I have seen over the years that is the most nastiest, dangerous act in any family is molestation I know firsthand um, at 7 years old I dealt with it I never told a soul it was to the point that I blacked it out completely um, that it was happening um, and then one night I woke up screaming and crying it was just random it was, it was unresolved trauma it was random. I woke up screaming and crying. And my husband was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? You okay? You have a bad dream? This and that. And I said, I'm having these flashes out of nowhere. And I don't understand why I'm having these flashes. And I explained to him what the flashes were. And it was trauma. It was the trauma that I had suppressed from seven years old um, that I blacked out and never resolved, never said anything, never told. And to this day, a lot of people don't know because I only share 
these things in places that I feel safe. Um, and I seen how my family handled family members being molested by the uncle. Um, and I see how they continue to this day want to suppress her, want her to be quiet, want her not to say. Um, and I mean, they treat the pedophile of the family like the man of God. He is a man of God and this and that. And y'all walking around with him on this pedestal as if he has not touched and violated all the girls in the family. And so this is one of the reasons why I feel like I never felt safe enough to share um, this situation. Um, but it started coming back. I mean, I had to deal with it. Um, and it, it was just like random. And that is what happens with trauma. Um, we try to suppress it. We try to overlook it. Um, we don't want to be the black stain on the family. Um, we don't want to be the ones that cause division. Um, things of like things of that nature. So we suppress it, um, and we don't even feel like our emotions and our fears and our hurt are valid. Um, because someone is going to tell you. I mean, I mean, we know, but we were told not to say anything. Um, I'm so sorry, but you, you're comforting this person in private, but you're not calling out the pedophile in the family. I um, mean, then they expect you to hold conversation, talk to them on the phone. And no, there's nothing that you can say to me. Even if you did not do it to me directly, it has been known that it has been done and you have nothing for me. Um, and this is a, the situation that I'm seeing. And in that episode, um, Miss Pat and her sister, they never told anybody about the trauma, but they went through the trauma together and they dealt with that trauma in different ways. Um, the older sister became a drug addict. Um, the younger sister, well, your younger sister, Miss Pat, became a drug dealer. Um, and so she thought, Miss Pat is a comedian, so she thought making dark jokes about it is how she dealt with it, is how she was healing. Um, but it was very triggering for her sister that took her back to drinking or whatever. Um, and they were saying that that's not good, that's nothing to joke about. Um, but then it was a song. So the molester was the mom's boyfriend, so the mom never knew. Same situation. But a song triggered. He would play a song every time he took them to the cemetery where he molested them and then brought them back home. Um, so sometimes we try to block out these different scenarios. We try to um, act as if it doesn't exist because you don't want to be the black sheep of the family. Um so you don't you don't say anything so you put your health and your life and everything on the back burner to make the family look good when it's the family that should protect you it's the family that should keep you um and because of these experiences i am very very protective over my kids not just my daughter um but my boys too um because again i have been a safe place but my older son 
didn't feel comfortable in sharing until he got older that he had a similar situation with an older girl when he was in daycare. At the time, he was not um, living with me. Um, I was, you know, young mom, you know, trying to get, I moved, trying to get money, save money or whatever, and he was in the care of somebody else. I didn't find this out. He don't remember the girl's name. He just know that she was older. Um, so I deal with that. I have to deal with the fact that my baby went through that. Even though I was a young mom. So I am very high alert. Um, I have those open discussions. Tell me anything. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's family. I don't care. They going away from here. Period. And they can say, and everybody can say what they want to say. People are so protective over the wrong things. This is this is serious. This person is sick. This is trauma. And I do, and I believe in therapy. And you have to start therapy young because if you suppress these emotions and these feelings, it comes out in different ways. And I sit and I watch social media, and people are protective over these people that violate and take and rob the innocence of young children. And we are more protective over the image of what we want our family to look like to other people that really can care less about our about us at all, period. <laughs> they really don't care. But yet and still, we care more about an outsider than we do in protecting the innocence of our children. That is triggering to me. But for me, I have really embrace being the black sheep I don't fool with my family that much I don't I don't do any of that uh, and this is not my immediate family I'm just talking about in general I am to myself um I have been <laughs> I have been labeled uh difficult I have been labeled the attitude but you know a lot of times that I, I find out that the the one that speaks out the one that doesn't care, the one that doesn't bite their tongue, they're always difficult because you're going against the grain when you should fall in line. So if I was a yes man, I was falling in line. I was always trying to make it right. I was always trying to fix things. I was I was cool. Everybody wanted to be around. But now that I'm going to call you out on your mess, we are not doing this. This is not right. This is not right behavior. Then everybody talks about me. And I'm fine with that because I have my core. I have my family. Um... Some would share my DNA, some do not. But at the end of the day, as adults, it is our job to protect our family. And it does not matter what anybody else has to say. Um, and it's sad that this has been going in, on in families for years. And we have been told to deal with it. I know older women, 60s, that have been violated by family members and have yet to say anything and interact with these different family members at different family functions as if it's okay. And they still expect you to smile and hug the pedophile. And when you get to rattle too much, then you get the secret inboxes I mean, can you take that down? Can you this and that? Absolutely not. I cannot. 
at what point are we going to protect the victim? I'm the whole thing, R. Kelly. Yet the family offered up their children. They fed, they fed that sickness within him for, for financial gain. Everybody involved is sick. We see that so often. Women will sacrifice their kids for drugs or whatever. Um, and they're not held accountable. When you are supposed to be the one that protects. We're supposed to we we're supposed to be the adults in situations. Um, we're supposed to be the one with sound judgment. Um, and our children should feel safe in our presence. Um, and yet we offer them up. We don't fight for them. We don't get them the treatment and the help and the therapy that they need to deal with it. We protect the pedophiles in, in the family, making the victim feel like it was their fault. Because we don't want to stain on the family's name. Um, and again, that episode was triggering for me because I am that victim from age seven I'm almost 42 so I'm very protective over mine they can't go too many places they're not spending the night with anybody um I don't really allow them to be around too many family members because um if you're coming against the victim in the family I can't trust you to protect my kids I can't trust you not to say we gonna handle this and let me call your parents are you gonna say well don't tell your mama I'm gonna take care of it no I told my I told my kids I don't care who it is tell me because it's not you're not the problem and people always say I kill your parents if you tell you're gonna have to try because they gonna tell um, and it's, it's just really sad and it is something that um, that I think we need to really get to the root of. Um, it is a mental illness. You don't know what type of anguish. You don't know what type of pain. Um, I watched plenty of episodes with of 600 pound life I, with my daughter, my 10 year old. She loves that kind of stuff. Um, and when you go through some of those episodes and you see those women that have gained all this weight and they have to go through therapy, a lot of their weight comes from trauma. Um, and food is a comfort because nobody there was to protect them. And quite a few of them were molested. And so that trauma don't just um, make you feel bad. It causes so many other issues in our lives. I mean, we have to. I, I deal with so much. Um, and I believe in therapy and God. Period. Um, but we, in the black community, is we're going to pray about it. We can. And then we going to go to therapy as well. Because at some point in time, we do have to understand that we need somebody neutral um to get these issues out we need someone that is actually going to hear us and help us um to deal with this 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 trauma that's unresolved 
And so I am here as an advocate um, to say, don't let anyone sweep your trauma under the rug. Don't let anyone make you feel less than. And don't be around any family that feels like you should keep your, your trauma a secret. And this is any type of trauma. Disrespectful, abusive parents, molestation, whatever trauma you may be facing, don't let it go unresolved. You want to be able to show up as your true authentic self, scars and all. And it does not matter what anybody else has to say. Set your boundaries, separate yourself, and heal. Because people are more worried about how they look to other people that can really care less. We're looking for this validation in a world of people that are broken and scarred and bruised. But yet, (laughs) it matters what they think about us. No. There's strength in finding help. And there's strength in healing. And once you begin to heal yourself, it shows up. And it is an inspiration to those that may not feel like they were strong enough to move forward. So I am here as an advocate. I'm your girl. Showing my scars, showing my bruises. Um, I'm a victim of molestation at seven. But I'm also a billboard for healing childhood traumas. Um, Still got work to do. Still got work to do, like everybody else. Um, But I set boundaries. I don't show up to places. I don't do what everybody else they do. I'm not finna run up and hold no conversation with a known pedophile in the family. You can't call me. You can't say nothing to me because I am an advocate for the victim. I am not your family member. Period. Just because we share the same blood does not make me your family. It makes us kin. We are kinfolk, but not family. And then so often people say, well, they want to hear from you. Could care less. They would love that. I mean, everybody's sitting around like this is normal behavior. Like we don't have to protect the children that can't protect themselves. It's time out for caring about what the family thinks when the family can care less about the trauma that you just endured. Let's get through this trauma that's unresolved so that we can heal completely. Um, you may, you will never forget any type of trauma. Like I said, child abuse, any neglect, whatever, um, emotional abuse. You won't, you will never forget that. You will have flashes. You will have moments. You will have times where you are pissed completely off. But you have the right to speak your truth. You have a right to set boundaries and you have right to separate yourself. People always say life is too short. You need to forgive. I can forgive. That don't mean that you have to be in my space. People that mistreat you know that life is too short. 
as well. And what we do is we keep turning the other cheek. We keep uh, teaching people that it's okay to mistreat you. Because I don't have to I don't have to ask for your forgiveness because life is too short. You're gonna come to me as if you were the one that did me wrong. This is what we're teaching people. You can forgive. Please forgive because that's for you. That is for your healing. But that doesn't mean that you have to allow disrespect in your space. You have a right to your boundaries. You have a right to do whatever it takes for you to heal from trauma. But my cry to you all is to heal, to talk it out, and to be that safe place for those that have been violated and that may have endured that same trauma and didn't feel like they had anyone to run to. So, I know that was heavy, but it was needed. Let's stop protecting the family's name because it looks good to the people that need validation. And let's expose these stains that are amongst us. Stay tuned for Black Excellence 365. Hey guys, I know you probably wondered, who is Angie H? What does she do? Why is she here? Let me tell you a little bit about myself. I am the owner of Anish Charles Organics, which is a holistic company where I provide holistic health tips. I provide products um, as well as coaching. I'm also the founder of Defining Our Purpose Women's Ministry Group and the author of a devotional journal called Inspirations. Um, if you want to find out more about me, you can simply go to my website, definingourpurpose.com. D-E-F-I-N-I-N-G-O-U-R-P-U-R-P-O-S-E dot com. What's up, family, and welcome back to Black Excellence 365. Let's talk about Inez Beverly Processor. Um, she was the first black female to earn a PhD in psychology in the USA. Um, she was very instrumental in the Brown versus um, Board of Education. Um, she had a passion for teaching um, and education. Um, so what she did her dissertation on um, was how children, black children responded in integrated schools as well as segregated schools. Um, and what she found in her research was that the African-American um, children, they responded better in schools that were segregated um, because they had students that looked like them. They had teachers that looked like them. Um, so they were able to respond and excel better in places um, where they felt comfortable. Um, what, what she found in the integrated schools were um, that those students were not able to adjust. Um, they felt inferior. They felt as though um, their experience wasn't as prominent um, in their lives because they were different um, from the other people that around them, from the peers that were around them. Um, so that was what she noticed. 
um, that in the integrated schools, they were more socially maladjusted. So they weren't able to adjust in those settings because it wasn't many that looked like them where they were more comfortable with the classmates and the teachers that um, they can relate to. Um, Even though she found these teachings, again, she was very prominent in the Brown versus Board of Education. Um, But in her last year, she spent teaching in black colleges. Um, She took a year of absence and she taught, then she taught another year. Although her life was short, she was very instrumental in assisting um, black students obtaining funds for college and for their graduate study. So um, she was very passionate about um, black students being able to excel beyond their limits. Um, So I thought that was um, very impressive um, to find out about um, Miss Beverly and the work that she did. Um, I also found it very interesting um, that though there was a fight to be included um, in with everyone else, uh, we were exceeding and excelling more um, where we felt comfortable. Um, um, and that is, we, we notice that throughout history, when it's, we're banded together and when we're in a setting of people that look like us, um, Black Wall Street, things of that nature, we are excelling, we're exceeding expectations, uh, we're crushing goals, we're doing all these things, and then when we um, include ourselves in other other settings we are fighting to show that we f- that we fit that we belong um, so it was amazing to hear that and I hope that you learned something from this Black Excellence 365 until next time well Thursday Thoughts of a Tea Family we have come to the end of another episode so thank you for hanging out with me this week if you want to stay in touch with me remember you can follow me on ig at thursday thoughts over t or you can subscribe to the podcast on all major platforms until next week thank you for tuning in and remember conversation is always better over a hot cup of tea